Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode with your host, Lena Marie from The Humble Alpha Female. I hope you guys are doing amazing. I hope that this video finds you well as we're wrapping up the end of the year. What a year, right? I'm so happy that you guys have been on this journey with me. So in today's episode, I really want to chime in as we approach the end of the year, the last holiday of the year, which is Christmas, Christmas 2021. I decided to do this podcast because, again, even though the holidays are meant to depict what Charlie Brown Christmas is supposed to look like, and we welcome all of those warm feelings, but in most cases, those type of storylines, such as your Hallmark movie, doesn't really happen. This episode is dedicated to protecting your peace and sanity during Christmas events, extravaganzas, parties, gatherings, all that good stuff. So if you're looking for some tips on how to protect your peace coming up to this end of the year holiday shenanigans, stay tuned. So jumping back into topic of discussion, how to maintain your peace when dealing with family dysfunctionalism during holiday gatherings. I found that this was going to be very informational because I myself have encountered this over the years and through trial and error, mentally and emotionally, I've compiled a list of tips on how to have a game plan when those types of shenanigans takes, take place because they do take place very much so often. So disclaimer, this episode is probably probably going to be one for the books. Based off of the content and the tips, I'm sure that you'll find something relatable and probably laughable when we start discussing these tips and what we need to do to maintain our own mental and emotional well-being. Christmas is right around the corner. When we're saying right around the corner, we're talking within days. Christmas is normally notified as a holiday of gathering, a time of reflection, loving on your loved ones, embracing each other, and good quality family time. Yet so often, that's pretty much not the same depiction that everybody has. Transparent moment. I must say that when I was younger, my grandmother was the matriarch of the family. Regardless of what her kids were going through, what the family drama was, Christmas was a time that we all gathered. We all ate really good. And everyone knows I'm from Louisiana, so I was living for the gumbo. I mean, I was living for that because gumbo is normally the main cuisine during a Southern Christmas dinner scape, gumbo. And we'll talk about that in another episode. So growing up, the plan was you open your gifts that morning with your family, immediate family, and then probably that afternoon, we were en route to grandmother's house. To grandmother's house, we went. And 
over the years, I could tell that sometimes it would be some tension, but you did not bring that tension to Big Mama's house. You didn't bring it. Everyone act accordingly. You put on your best dress and your best attitude and you left the drama at the door. Okay. When grandmother passed, when my grandmother passed, things changed. The gatherings weren't so gathering anymore. Families started to split. Dynamics changed. Um, The whole focal point of embracing each other and us coming together turned into everyone pretty much doing their own traditions. And if we did meet, it was chaotic. I said it. It was chaotic. And it was dysfunctionalism at its best. So coming from a place where I did not know what dysfunctionalism was, I thought that was normal. That was normal for family members to start a dramatic, conflictual argument over the bread and the rolls or the rolls and the the gumbo or whatever we were having or to bring up past trauma or past incidents during Christmas dinner. I thought that was a level of normalcy. But as I got older, I started to realize that this is not so normal. And these Hallmark movies I've been watching over the year years, this doesn't depict what's going on in my family. Now, for the ones who have that old, perfect, great, amazing family-oriented, loving, traditional traditions, I am so happy that you can have those moments in your life where you know what that means and it's authentic. But for the ones who have family or friends and it may not be the best setting for your mental health, these tips can really help in those situations. So I came up with the list that was very personal yet therapeutic for anyone, including myself, to follow so that it can lead to a harmonious ending, quote unquote, right? So even though we want in our minds for it to be amazing, life happens, reality happens. And one thing I've learned over life, over the course of life is the only person that I can change is myself, I can't change others. Trust me, I have tried. And in doing so, it has been draining for me and stagnated my growth when trying to get others to see their potential or trying to get others to get on the same wavelength or same page, quote unquote, that you're on. It's draining. So as I am speaking to you, I'm also speaking to myself. The only person that I can change is me. So putting that into perspective and looking at where we are today and looking at these tips, that's the first thing I had to be mindful of and I would love for you to be mindful of. I can only have control over myself. So the first tip is doing a mental self check-in with you first. Going back to my favorite quote, I can only change myself I can only control my actions. I have no control over someone else's actions. 
That's their life. That's their behavior. And that's their thing. So when I say a mental self-check-in, it is very important that you are clearly aware of your current mental, emotional, and physical state first before making any type of plans or committing to attend any social or family functions during the holiday season. Number one, check in with you first. Make sure that you're, you're in the mental space before you make any type of commitments, arrangements, or plans moving thus forth. That's number one. Do a self-check-in. Am I mentally prepared? Am I capable of handling any type of concerns or arguments or drama, unnecessary drama, let me say that, if they may occur, do a mental check-in with self. Number two is set intentional boundaries. So what do we mean when we say that? When we say boundaries, boundaries is a good word. It goes back to having control, you having control over the situation or the matter. So when you set intentional healthy boundaries with self and others, it allows you to exercise your importancy and how you feel about self. And it also allows other people to respect you when we set healthy boundaries. So in other words, it means when we speak of boundaries, it clearly means Drawing the line that marks the areas of limitation. This is very important when you're attending any type of social gathering, especially with family and friends, because boundaries can be crossed at any given second. And sometimes they cross you off guard. And I'm the type of person. I normally react. Suddenly or I will go home later and process and and have ruminating thoughts of the experience or the questions over and over again. That's me being honest with self, you guys. I tell y'all I'm an overthinker, especially if I didn't feel that I would, I didn't answer it right. I would have these ongoing thoughts. And one way I have dealt with that is to be intentional with self, have a self-talk with me first. And to be aware of the boundaries that I'm setting before I even step into the scene. Okay. That means, quote unquote, no trespassing zone. This is very common, like I said before, when we're attending these holiday functions, especially with relatives and friends you haven't seen all year, um, haven't seen in a while. Boundaries can be crossed. I'll give you some examples of that. It could be where... You're standing at the kitchen table and someone asks a question as to why you're not married or why haven't, you know, it looks like you've put on some weight. Knowing automatically where you are and how you centered yourself can keep you from having those moments of where you don't know what to say or you may say the wrong thing. You know the possible questions that may come about. Have them already fixated in your mind and rehearse your 
responses. That's the best thing to do because it happens every year. You know the aunt, you know the family member, they're going to bring it. So rehearse the responses and have those already at hand because those questions will arise during the family gatherings or the family parties, you would say. So setting intentional, healthy boundaries with self and others is a must. When we talk about no trespassing zone, that is setting a healthy boundary. Some examples of setting healthy boundaries can look like limiting family gossip and drama. Choosing not to participate in those quote unquote, you know, I heard conversations is so important. Choosing peace over confusion is way more important at the end of the day. Those conversations are not healthy for your own mental health and they cause confusion quickly. And we say those conversations that arise, they always do. And I'll give you characters where they come or where they're stem from or the people that bring these conversations to life. The negative griping uncle. We all have one. Nothing's never positive. Nothing's never right. And that could be uncle or aunt. The complaining cousin. And always your favorite and mine. Bringing up your past aunt or deep down in the South. How we say your TT or your auntie. These conversations that develop or happen among these type of characters. They're not. They're not healthy for our mental health. Ask yourself, what am I going to gain from this conversation talking about X, Y, and Z? If we don't have a concrete answer to that question, we don't need to have those type of conversations. They're not good for our mental health and it causes drama quickly. So minimize those type of conversations. For my People are my listeners who are in relationships. Are you bringing someone new home? Have a game plan, please. Please. If you're dating someone exclusively or not, have a game plan. It is best sometime to talk to your partner or significant other, almost like a pregame, on what to expect I remember dating this guy before and he invited me over for Christmas dinner. I thought in my mind it was going to be like the Cosby show. And when I got there, it was a train wreck. Hold on, hold on. I know what you're probably thinking. Oh my God, she's so judgmental. No, 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 no. It literally ended in a train wreck. It started with two family members talking and ended with tables breaking with them fighting each other. The guy that I was with was so embarrassed and he ended the conversation and said, oh man, my family normally doesn't act like that. And in the back of my mind, it was, well, how the hell do they act? But I couldn't say that because it was an embarrassing moment for him. So if you're going and you're bringing someone new to the family, um, are you fairly dating someone new? Talk, Talk these things over with them. Let them know what to expect. Don't lead them in the blind, please. 
it, it's only important that you share. You, you don't have to go into detail, but just let them know, wait, you know, it may be this, it may be that. Almost like the pregame session, the pregame pep talk. Perfect. Always remember that. Have a game plan. If you're going solo to the family gathering, the social party, whatever event you're attending, always have a game plan. This is my favorite tip because anyone who personally knows me, I love to appear like Houdini. Here one minute, gone the next. And I use my therapy, social work skills to work the room, speak to everyone, grab a plate to eat. Now, when I say grab a plate to eat, you guys, I'm not talking about bringing styrofoam boxes and taking boxes out Monday through Friday for, you know, for to have for dinner. No, no, no. Just one plate talking to everyone. And before you know it, it's like, poof, I'm gone at home in my pajamas, in my bed, watching some type of series that I'm trying to catch up on. That's my defense mechanism. Hey, I'm working on it, but I'm just going to be transparent with you. You out there, my listeners, always have a plan. Perfect the plan and work the plan. Know what you can mentally tolerate. Know when it's time to go, when you've had enough. It's okay. Let's end the show. It's been great. I, I appreciate everyone for being here. I appreciate I'm here. But that's my cue. And I'm going to exit stage left. It's great. It protects your mental health at its best. And that's the goal. To protect our mental health at its best. The last tip would be honoring your privacy. It's your choice if you want to disclose any of your personal life with your friends or family. Going back to setting intentional boundaries, the no trespassing zone. If you do not want to talk about anything personal in your life, it is okay to say, nah, I'm good. Or, oh, you know, I'm really not comfortable talking about that. It's okay. You do not have to share every aspect of your life with everyone, including your family. Going back to those characters, if bring up your past auntie comes and talk to you about why aren't you married and you're in the back of your mind, you're like, are you serious? And you probably want to say some other choice words. You can respectfully say to her, regardless of the memes you saw and the responses you saw on, on social media, look, auntie or aunt, I'm just, I would rather not have that conversation. That would completely throw them off guard. And in doing that, you are setting the stage on how people are supposed to treat, treat you. You are setting the stage. And that's monumental when we're working and going through this thing, this growth journey, or going through this thing called life. It's liberating. You don't have to disclose all of your business with everyone. And that's okay. Regardless of what we were taught growing up, now, as an adult, I'm letting you know, you can set boundaries. You don't have to disclose any and everything. If you don't want to say anything, that's your business. In the words of my friend, and she's my friend in my mind, you guys, Tabitha Brown, that's your business. And that's that. If you feel after doing the mental check, check in with self, 
that you are not in the place mentally, physically, and emotionally to take on going and engaging in social activities with others? Simple answer. Don't go. Don't go. Do not go. Saying no to attending or participating in any social function that will or may cause you stress or lead to unwanted anxiety is groundbreaking. Saying no. It takes a lot, especially if you've been in families where that's the tradition and that tradition may be toxic and you're pushed or urged to go. Don't go. It's okay. The sun will still come out. You'll still have your job. But you'll be less stressed dealing with unwanted anxiety that you didn't even have the tolerance to deal with. So don't go. Just don't go. It's okay. Or if you do go, exit stage left. They will live. (laughs) They will be okay. Don't go. If you find yourself in those moments where you're saying, oh, my goodness, I'm going to go home. I don't know what I'm going to do at home, but I just don't want to entertain it. Do something that's important to you. I know it's Christmas here in the United States and a lot of locations or things may be closed, but have a plan, have a backup plan. And when the backup plan fails, have another plan. Strategically plan. So that you can be at your best mentally. Protect your mental health at all costs. Because I know personally what it's like to have others dictate what you should do and what you should not do. That's draining. And it takes life from you. Take back your power. Take back your life and protect your mental health at all costs. This is all I have for this episode. I hope that these tips find you in good spirits and that they work for you. And if you want to add any to this list, add them. I wish each of you a safe, peaceful holiday season. And I will chat with you In the next episode. Until then, bye.